Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Pop Culture Kiki. As always, it's me, Kelly Williams. And Troy McKeady. And I wish that something happened over the weekend. Like, I wish we had stuff to talk about. I know. It was a really slow time. There were no award shows. There were no gossiping girls. Let's talk about the gossiping girls at the award shows. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure people are, like, actually dying to hear your opinion on the gossiping girls at the Globes. Um, Selena Gomez, I saw this tweet and it was like, Selena Gomez would be perfect in an office. Like she would be posted by the espresso machine waiting to talk her shit. And that's the best way to talk about Selena. Like, do I think she actually asked Timothy Chalamet for a picture and he said, no, no, I don't think that. But I also think, you know, Selena running over and whispering into Taylor Swift's ear, like that's going to become a thing. For sure. And it, honestly, when things like that happen, I'm just like, I like it. Not because it's messy, but just like it makes people feel more human. Mm -hmm. And people were making such a big deal of it. And I'm like, have you never been at like a wedding or something and gone over to a table and whispered something to a friend? Like, yeah, that's what people do. And like, they're trying to say like, you know, I mean, like, yeah, she's so messy. Like, she is a messy queen. And we know that. But I was like, I would get, a, I know that I would get along with her. I know. I think her and I would be frenemies, but like, I'd want her to like me at all times. For sure. <laughs> but I have a question for you before we get into like all of our opinions on the show. I did see a lot of people saying that the crowd, obviously Joe Coy didn't do a good job, but the crowd wasn't reacting because they don't want to become a meme. Like that's kind of the new feel of award shows. And that really fucking bums me out because Golden Globes were my favorite because everyone would get wasted. Oh, yeah. I think that that's true. I've been thinking about that for a long time. Like the 
the moment where the camera like pans in on somebody's face, like Margot Robbie, for example, she mm-hmm. was not going to not smile. Right. No matter how unfunny that monologue was, no matter how, like it, she was going to have a painted, big, giant, beautiful smile on her face the whole night because she didn't want to be a meme. And I think that that's been happening for a while. Like I did see, excuse me, people talking about it, but I feel like it's been happening for a very long time. Especially like the last, I'd say just before COVID, like 2019, award shows just aren't fun anymore. And it sucks because I used to look so forward to red carpets, but E didn't even have a red carpet. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. It's like, why are we even here? Very that. Like, what the fuck are we even doing here? And then it's like, as much as I love, you know, the messiness and like the discourse around Selena and Taylor, I'm just like, that's why they don't do anything at award shows anymore. Because they can't. Like, imagine in like 2001, the biggest event to happen at award show is celebrities whispering something to each other at like any award show. Like, we used to really be fed, and we didn't realize it. The Julia Louis-Dreyfus with, like, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, hysterical. Yes. And, yeah. And I think, like, when it comes to hosting, it doesn't always need to be an automatic roast. And I think a lot of hosts get that wrong, where automatically they're like, I'm going to go in hard, I'm going to make fun of people, and we're going to make people laugh. But it doesn't have to be like that. Like, I just think Amy and Tina did such a great job with the Golden Globes. Like they were picking on people, but not like, not in the easiest, most obvious ways. Yeah. I think that the comics think it makes them more relatable to the general public watching the show to make fun of the wealthy 1% in the room. And it's like, sure, you can do that, but you need to be funny. That's the difference. Like there's a million ways that you can make fun of somebody, but if it's not funny, Right. And the thing is, I don't know if people thought that Joke Boy was funny before the Globes. <laughs> but um, what? Like, I, I did I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't like, um, I guess I just wasn't shocked by how not funny it was because he's not funny. And like, that's his comedy. Like what you just what you saw is really what you what you get with him. He was the least funny person on Chelsea Lately's roundtable. Yeah. And that joke about Taylor Swift in the NFL that everyone's making a huge deal because Taylor didn't laugh. First of all, you shouldn't have to laugh at jokes that aren't funny. But Mm -hmm. if that joke was said in a different way, it would have been very funny. Like he was saying, we're not like the NFL. We're not going to cut to Taylor Swift 24-7. And like just if it was delivered differently, it would have been perfect. And then for him to come out on stage being like, just so you know, the writer's jokes are the ones you're not laughing at. The ones that I wrote, you guys are actually laughing at. It's like, shut up, Joe. Like, you're not helping yourself. That doesn't make me be like, you know what? He's making some points. Like, people are sympathy laughing. They're more so laughing at you. And his joke about, like, you know, there's, like, all this discourse about his joke about the Barbie movie. And it's like, it. first of all, it wasn't funny. And also, it is, like, his joke was the spirit of the movie. Like, it summed up what they were trying to say about men in the movie so well. Also, his veneers. are Is nobody going to talk about his fucking teeth? That Chelsea Handler money that he got while dating her, he really put it to use on those teeth. It looks like he stuck trident 
gum on every one of his teeth. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> looked insane. But no, I guess I wasn't I wasn't like shocked by it because I've I've tried to sit through Joe Coy uh stand up and I've tried to I mean I've sat through so many fucking I don't even know what they were promoting Applebee's or whatever ads him and Chelsea like they were like a, such a sponsored couple like you couldn't escape them for like a month um yeah he just fucking sucks he is terrible and for him to blame the writers or whatever on his jokes not being funny and then being like shut up come on um are you joke? Are you really punishing the audience right now because they're not laughing at you? Like they don't have to laugh at you if you're not funny. And I've never seen an audience turn so quickly. Like even Ricky Gervais held on to audience members longer than than um what's his face Joe Coy. Selena Gomez's face when she put her head in her hands is like honestly my favorite moment. I like that moment more than the whispering. Know what moment I really loved? Jennifer Lawrence. When I think about how hard we were on our episode, like, I just love her so much. And the mean thing, she does it so right, where she goes, if I'm not winning, I'm leaving. That is very funny. And, like, how you can utilize those moments. Where even if she did something stupid in the crowd, no one would have talked about it. Yeah, her and, like, Emma Stone. Like, there's a handful of people who really understand, like, how to do award shows in like modern times. She's just good at it. Like she's really, really good at being like taking it serious, but also like being down to earth and like relatable. And I don't know. I just, I can't get enough of her. Like she is my dream girl. I really feel straight feelings for her. I do want to shout out Io Edeberry. I'm sorry if I said her name wrong. She's from the bear. Her speech made me so happy. Her thanking like the assistants to her managers. And I just, I love everything about her. I love like even her internet presence. And I just, it's so well-deserved because if you see her in interviews and stuff compared to how she acts in the bear, it's so crazy. Yeah. And her and Jeremy Allen White were so cute the whole night. Oh my God. They're so cute. Those two. Oh, it was adorable. Like them like holding hands the whole time. They were like hugged. I mean, it was just like so sweet. Um also I just want to give a shout out to the fact that Margot Robbie is like still on the Barbie train. And like somehow because she's so likable and she's so cool and funny, like I don't I, I'm not I don't want to speak for other people, but like I don't feel exhausted by the Barbie of it all. And the fact that she showed up last night in another Barbie look, like a recreation of a classic Barbie moment, and nobody gave her shit about it. I just think that's like really cool. Like it's a testament to her, I think. I think Margot Robbie is someone a lot of people want to hate, but they just can't because she is. We've done an episode on her. Her blinds aren't crazy. Like she's just a likable and so talented. Like, I don't know. I can't say anything negative about her. And like seemingly kind, just like a genuinely kind person, you know? When it comes to award shows, one thing that drives me fucking crazy is how it's like three actors from the same show in a category. And Mm. if there's one thing I could remove, it would be that. Like, I don't need to watch four people from Succession fight over something that someone from Succession is going to win. Right. And then be like, 
pretend to be happy that the other person got it. It's just like, we get it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to say that I felt really bad for uh, Greta Gerwig during the opening of the show. I just thought that that joke was so gross and so like, I don't know. It was like, like you could have made any joke about how the biggest movie of the year was a girl movie and like women were kind of like everything in Hollywood this year. Like the box office was women. Like there could have been so many more jokes and like the the joke that you chose to tell was about like boobies. Like, are you fucking eight years old? I'm surprised America Ferreira didn't go up there and punch him in the throat. I'm sure she wanted to. Has Kevin Costner always been weird? <laughs> no, not always. <laughs> like watching him do be on stage at the Golden Globes, I was like, is this man okay? <laughs> yeah. In the 90s, he was kind of normal. Um, but yeah, the Golden Globes is an award show that I actually kind of look forward to because I love that it's like it's drunk and it's kind of chill and like everybody seems it's like the VMAs of like like highbrow award shows or what the VMAs used to be like it's supposed to be a little bit more relaxed you know and I think everybody like eating dinner and getting drunk during it like really adds to the vibe yeah, but to come out on stage and say, like, Margot Robbie looks plastic, she always looks good, and, you know, he just, he really did set the tone for the night, like, within the first minute. Yeah. And with, it sucks. With big, massive, giant, elongated, sharp, blisteringly white teeth? I'm going to put a question mark at the end of it. So moving on kind of from Golden Globes, I need to talk about Jeremy Allen White because I just have a big crush on him and his Calvin Klein ad. It made me think, I don't know if it was when we started doing the pop culture kikis or when we were just talking about pop culture like before the blinds, but you and I said like he doesn't want to be an actor anymore. He wants to be famous Mm -hmm. and good for him for making it fucking happen. Yeah, he's a star. He's a star. And somehow I'm like, did none of you watch Shameless? Like, did nobody watch Shameless? Like, nobody knew that he was always that girl. Like, he's always been one of the dolls. Like, I I, I don't even remember a time at this point where I didn't worship him and think that he's just, like, the most talented. Because he's so talented, too, you know? Mm -hmm. He's a great actor. And, you know... He's someone who's like attainable, I think. I think people look at him and they're like, you know what? He works at my local gas station, but like he's great. Yeah. And that's why I like him even more because I know like quote unquote ugly dudes like say like a Pete Davidson, but he's still not ugly. Like people want to pretend that Pete Davidson is some like, oh my God, I can't believe that like someone who looks like him got with Ariana Grande. I'm like, you can't really like. I agree. He's not ugly. I'm not saying Jeremy Allen White is ugly. He's just like a different kind of hot. Mm -hmm. Well, he's ugly hot. Ugly hot. Yeah. You know, he is. He's like ugly hot. And I think that it's crazy that he has hit so much like at this moment, because I feel like right now that kind of like like you said, attainable, like this just looks like a really hot, like a guy that like works at a gas station or whatever kind of thing. Like that's so in right now. Mm-hmm. He, to me, is like almost the the perfect description of that. Yeah, and his talent just, it only like 
makes him even hotter. And he's kind of like weird in interviews too and stutters over his words. And I'm like, is it an act or is that really you? But either way, it works. I know. And I will say like the last thing before we move on about him is like, now that I, you know, now that we've like talked about like his drinking issues and stuff and and his sobriety, it adds so much more context to the way he he portrayed Lip on Shameless. Mm-hmm. It makes his performance even more intense on that show because he was like channeling himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Where? Yeah. Yeah, I think Jeremy Allen White is someone we're going to see for a, a long time and just like a hot version of Gene Wilder. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never get sick of it. Um, well, the moment that we've all been waiting for, the moment that I personally have been waiting for, we have to talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm excited. Who would have ever thought, you know, I always say like, it's so funny with the Housewives, like, you never know at the beginning of the year, what shows will be like the most loved, the most hated. Like if you had told me a few years ago that Atlanta would basically be like on its deathbed, I would never believe it. And if you had told me that the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City would have one of, if not the best finales in Housewives history, I would never have believed it. Like, holy shit. So Salt Lake City is actually a Housewives franchise I've watched since it started. Mm-hmm. And Heather's voice receipts screenshots i know that voice though like that angry voice when you just have to get everything out because at first i was like is this kind of scripted and then like as heather continued i'm like you can't fake that anger especially when you know you're right (laughs) it's like i'm gonna get it out and then seeing the producers behind them like scurrying and running back and forth and trying to get the door open but moving the curtain and the curtain came out the door and they could i mean it was just like this is I'm so blessed to be able to witness this moment. Like, it was so good. Um, what do you think about the whole thing? Like, What do you think about Monica? So I really liked Monica. And mm-hmm. I thought she was a great addition. And I, you know, the scenes with her mom that now I know are fake, like really tugged on my heartstrings. And it gave me lifetime while watching it. But I was kind of like, no, like, I know people who have fucked up relationships with their mom. Like, this happens. Mm-hmm. But I almost wonder if production knew. I know production is saying up and down. They had no idea. But it just seems since Scandaval, like every show has had a big moment. Like even Lindsay and Carl breaking up and making sure that's on film. And um, I know Southern Charm, like the that girl like hooked up with Austin. But it just seems like there always needs to be something. Um But overall, I thought Monica was great. And I think she handled it really well when she got called out. You know, at first she was like, you know what? I just did the Jen stuff, which I believe. Like, I believe there are multiple people running this Reality Von T's account. And I do think that she was probably posting most Jen stuff. But as somebody who has run a fan account, you get into other things, right? And you talk to other creators. And, you know, maybe Monica wasn't, posting everything she found out about, say, Lisa on Reality Von Tees, but she's telling, like, Queen of Bravo or some other fan fandom account. I, I totally get what you mean. Like, it's obvious that there were more than there were more people running the account and it's obvious that she wouldn't have been able to keep up with the entire cast probably on her own. Mm-hmm. 
do agree. Like, I believe her when she says that they were all messaging her and reaching out and, you know, sending her shit. Like, I believe that. And, you know, Monica is such an interesting, she's a really interesting housewife. She kind of, to me, represents like the modern day housewife where like, there is no way that you can go on this show and say that you haven't seen it. And now a lot of the women will say that they haven't, but like, like Erica Jane did that. I just don't believe it. Like, sure. In like 2010, could you have said that? Could you have gone on the Real Housewives of New Jersey and been like, I don't know these people. Sure. But now Mm -hmm. there's just no way. And like for her to have been so open and honest about it, I just actually kind of thought was like cool because we all know, but nobody admits to it, you know? And she's just like, yeah, I not only watched the show, I ran a fan account and I'm literally obsessed and I know everything about you guys. Like that part of it is wild. I will say, I think, I know like people are so split and everybody's like, Monica was the reason to watch this the show this season. Monica like brought it. She's an amazing housewife. They're all jealous, blah, blah, blah. And then there are the people that are like, she cheapened the show and like, you know, she's fake and all that stuff. And I kind of like am right in the middle. Like, I do think that this, obviously this season was incredible because of her. But I also am like, was that like a flash in the pan moment? Like, how can you do that again next year? Like, well, I don't think you can because Monica decided to be a producer too. Right. Like Monica came in with like a Spencer Pratt level of what I want this show to become. And I genuinely think she helped save the show because last season I wasn't like, I kind of dipped in and out last season. Mm -hmm. Whereas this season I was like glued to it and watched it weekly and didn't miss an episode because I wanted to see what Monica was up to. I wanted to like see what was going on with her mom. And like, yeah, there's a little part of me that's like, well, shit, I thought we like connected on some kind of level because it was right. the first housewife I kind of saw myself in. And then I'm like, well, you also run a fucking fan account and so do I. So I guess we are the same. <laughs> do you believe that her mom is like toxic? Like, I believe that their relationship is toxic. And I believe that her mom is like really dark sided. She gives Disney villain like she's. Oh, it was so cringy. And like, just it gave me the ick when she was like, you're an Monica, you are an actress and you're losing sight of the script. It's like, ew, you guys are like, it's too much. Now, what do you think of people being, because I, I thought this too when everyone's like, or when Heather was like, we lied for Jim, we covered up for her. Okay. Right. Like, that. I don't think Monica's nearly as crazy as Jen. Hello. Like, I will say I'm a Heather apologist. Like, I really like Heather. Me too. But I'm like, what you were doing was wrong. (laughs) Brag about it, girl. Like, you were lying for your friend for a very long time, even though everybody knew and was telling you that they knew that you were lying for her. Like, I've never seen a fall from fan love, like, fan favorite the way Heather felt. Yeah. Because at the beginning, people were literally obsessed with her. And she was like without any question the fan favorite. Like she was the most relatable, funny, down to earth. Like she was incredible. But then all that Jen Shaw stuff like made her so weird and like not like a trustworthy narrator on the show anymore. And I think in the bro- in the Housewives universe, being 
like being crowned by production as the the true narrator, they really like you if they do that. And they I, really liked her. Yeah, I really like Heather. And do I think she's done everything perfectly? No. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm just curious to see where it goes. Obviously, Monica's not going to be allowed back. <laughs> I know. Oh, it makes me, I like really, I kind of want to see it play out. Do you think that Angie K has like involvement in the website? Or I, the- I think she has involvement with something, but yeah. I think everyone just is like, Angie K is so harmless. <laughs> Unless she really is with like the Greek mafia or whatever. But like Angie K to me is just like dumb. Yeah. Who dresses like Xenon and I love it. (laughs) You know? Oh, sometimes she gives me the ick because I'm like, (laughs) you are so not meant for reality TV. Like when she picked up the flowers inside the vase and she was like, I am going to retaliate on you for the lies. It's like, shut the fuck up, girl. It's like, you're not in this fight, Angie. Like, who are you fighting right now? No one's yelling at you. I will also say I'm a big, as a homosexual, I love me some Lisa Barlow. Like, I love Lisa Barlow. And the way that Monica reads Lisa Barlow, <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it. And she's like, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hang on, you just talked so high. I didn't catch any of that on audio. That's actually in the spirit of Monica. Yeah. 
I'll leave that in. I won't edit that out. Okay. I will say, thank God Meredith put down her alleged pills she's been on and was able to like put on a performance. Oh my God, Meredith. <laughs> when they when they all went to the beach, I was like, is this like the divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood that I'm watching right now? Like, what is going on? <laughs> is it big little lies? <laughs> She's like, I'm so sick of people hurting us. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't have to hear like, does your room have a bathroom? <laughs> or a bathtub, I'm sorry. Honestly, that's the shit that this season would have been about. Like, another person that I um, I do not have a soft spot in my heart for is fucking Whitney Rose. Oh, I need Whitney Rose off my TV immediately i guess i knew we were going to talk about this so i was thinking like real salt lake city's like quirky weird women that's how i think of all of them and then there's whitney rose yeah i just feel like you're not taking me seriously as a person oh my god and like nobody ever cares about what whitney's upset about ever girl if you don't go back to the house in that fucking mesh sarong Go away with those extensions that we can see where they start and stop. Like, you're a mess. Justin and I are having a really hard time and no one's listening to me about it. Like, yeah, because you fucked him on their kitchen floor with cake all over you on TV. And you <laughs> thought that that would be, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And we're supposed to feel sorry for you? <laughs> the fuck? I can't, I can't stand her. That is so fucking funny. Do you think, I mean, Angie's probably going to stay. Yeah. Um, I guess they need to find a new a new villain to, to fill Monica in Jen Shaw's roles. I know, because nobody will film with Monica. And, like, also Mary Crosby was such a flop. Like, Mary coming back was such a, a non-event, and she's so bad at being on TV. I do think it's funny how much she hates Whitney, though. Oh, it's amazing. Whitney will just be like, hi, Mary. She's like, little girl. Little girl. <laughs> Cheap. Um, I wanted to touch on some sync news. Okay. Your favorite boy, Justin Timberlake, has wiped his Instagram to, to commemorate a new era. Mm-hmm. People are thinking new music's coming by the end of the month. And all I can say is, again, I'm so sorry to NSYNC fans that he used you. Because a lot of people did think... That there was going to be a reunion, at least like one show. And Justin was like, you guys help me get back on good graces with everyone. Bye. Mm-hmm. I can't. Jesus fucking Christ. You guys are going to get another cringy fucking Justin Timberlake album. I don't think he'll ever reunite fully with NSYNC. I think his ego is just too big. Yeah, I totally agree. And I bet even doing it for trolls, he's like, I don't need them, but I guess like it'll make the it makes sense if it's a boy band movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like he does stuff with them that's very like one and done. Like he'll you know show up on an award show or like when he had them perform with him at the VMAs, like and then they leave. It's very like Beyonce and Destiny's Child like at Coachella, and then it's like bye. But I think we know Beyonce likes Destiny's Child, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Justin treats fucking the other in sync members like make a wish kids. I know. It's I disgusting. Know. 
And the nerve and the gall for like Lance to like defend him publicly. It's like, why? He would never do that for you. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And then just another in-sync thing. Joey Fatone is going on tour with AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Um, I, I've never heard Joey sing. Oh, hey. Your face in the pause. Oh, my God. Are they doing originals or? Like- um, I'm going to guess a lot. Heavy covers. Lots of covers. Um, they should just join the O-Town crew and go on tour with them because those concerts are fun. And I can't imagine being like, I really want to see Joey Fatone in AJ. They should do that. Because like, yeah, nobody's going to. That's a. <laughs> them. <laughs> Rooting for them. <laughs> um. I just wanted to very quickly give a shout out to Pat Williams for not only breaking the internet this past couple days, um, but like reminding people of his brilliance. And I love, I have loved so much seeing the discourse around Cat Williams on like TikTok of people being like, he's a fucking genius. Like he really is so goddamn smart. And this has always been Cat Williams. He's always been a whistleblower. He's always exposed people. He's always been the person that you can count on to like spill some fucking tea in an interview, no matter if it's with Larry King or whoever. Um, And I just love him. Like, I think being a millennial, I remembered like the Cat Williams DVD era of like, at college parties and stuff where Cat Williams would just like be in the background or like, I remember we would all hang out and just like watch Cat, like how Dane Cook had like an era, you know, Cat really had like a moment. And I, like, I've been seeing so many clips of his old stand-up and stuff on, on the internet. And I'm just happy that he's having a moment. I just think he deserves it. Me too. He's someone that I'm glad people are finally listening to. Yeah. And I listened to someone did, I think it was actually Shannon Sharp's like YouTube channel did like a 40 minute roundup and listening to that, he was talking about how like disrespected Bernie Mac was. And I was like, if true, let's talk about that a lot more because what do you mean people disrespected Bernie Mac? Like someone who you love too. Like I think all millennials love Bernie Mac and want to protect his legacy and I also found out that apparently Kevin Hart's ex-wife is opening for Cat Williams on his tour that he's going on. And I think that's incredible. And honestly, <laughs> I I know Kevin Hart did grind for a long time, right? He was always on Chelsea Lately. He was always doing smaller stand-up. But he is like a Dane Cook where the industry was just like, he's the one. Yeah. It's true. I believe what Cat says about him being a sort of plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also believe it about Tiffany Haddish because he makes a really good point where he'll he'll compare like all this massive list of other comics that are funnier than both of them can do the things that they have become known to do, etc. And worked ten years longer than them and grinded way more and like had way more like like the possibility of them becoming big was like there. But then it was like overnight, Tiffany and um, Kevin were just like the biggest comics in the entire globe. Like Kevin Hart's fame makes absolutely no fucking sense to me. 
No, and the fact he's still so famous when he's not... I mean, I guess he's doing Netflix specials, but other than that, like, he's not who he was in 2019. 1,000%. And to go back to the Bernie Mac thing, I also... I've never been a uh, Steve Harvey girl. I've never liked Cedric the Entertainer either. Oh, same. Those two... I'm like, that's why I would always prefer to watch a Queens of Comedy because I'm not trying to sit through, through two hours of Steve Harvey's fucking, as Nene Leakes would say, country bumpkin ass telling dumbass fucking jokes. This man said, like, shut the fuck up. And like the nerve and the gall of him to believe that he's known for his hair when it was a wig. Like, you, you're still going around and telling people that like somebody posted on TikTok the clip of him talking about um his hairstylist and how he like paid his hairstylist like thousands and thousands of dollars a week to keep his hair lined when he was doing Kings of Comedy. And you know, he gave him the break that nobody would give to him and whatever. And this man was making like allegedly like thirty thousand dollars a month cutting his hair. You're a liar. First of all, your hair wasn't real. So Let's just start with the fact that it just doesn't even make any fucking sense. And then to say that you were paying somebody like 30K a month to line your hair. I just don't believe anything he says. I don't believe any of his coming of age stories about him being poor and growing up, whatever. Like, I've never believed it. I just think he's a liar and he steals he steals people's jokes and their stories. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And then at the very beginning where Cat Williams, I forget the other actor he's talking about, but he's talking about Tyler Perry. And he's like, Tyler Perry can't play a man. And I screamed. (laughs) Oh, he is so funny. He's just like, you really have to be a smart person to uh, make the kind of jokes that he makes. Like the words that he uses, the way that he strings words together. He's literally, he's a wordsmith. Mm-hmm. basically a poet honestly like he like turns com like it's like music but comedy he has such a rhythm in his cadence of speaking that i really yeah. like listening to yeah like you can just listen to him for hours um but i'm here for it and i i hope that he rides this all the way to the fucking bank and i the one last thing that i was actually surprised about because i remember people saying like cat williams went crazy he's on drugs he's losing his mind But I didn't realize he doesn't do drugs and doesn't really drink. And he lives like a very clean life. And I was like, I wish he dug just a little deeper at that time. (laughs) Yeah, very famously in that interview that he does with Wanda, that woman that he just fucking reads down to the ground. He says, um, she's like, well, you love jail. You love prison. She's like trying to be funny and she's not. And he goes, he's like 11 felonies, no convictions. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you did his voice so well, (laughs) (laughs) he's so oh i love him so there was a new york times opinion piece by anna Anna marks that came out last week and it's about taylor swift and her queerness and when i tell you it was insane over on gayler twitter and basically i just took a few notes because you guys have heard us talk about taylor swift and her breadcrumbing queerness and how she'll, you know, seemingly take a step out, then take five steps back in. But this quote kind of sums up 
everything that you and I have talked about in general on this podcast, to maintain the stranglehold she has on pop culture, Miss Swift must continue to tell a story that those audiences expect to consume. She falls in love with a man or she gets revenge. It takes neither a genius nor a radical to see queerness implied by Miss Swift's work, but figuring out how to talk about it before the star labels herself is another matter. And then there was like a whole paragraph talking about how people can't come out because it will ruin a lot of their fans. A lot of their fandom doesn't believe in gay marriage, doesn't believe in queerness. And when you tell people that there are still like homophobic people, I do think people try and act surprised and try and be like, we're so far from it when we're not at all. I love that quote. It's it's so good. And there was a response, um, not directly from Taylor's team, but like a leak from the team saying how like upset Taylor is over the opinion piece. And the only reason I know Taylor was a part of this statement, even though it didn't come from her, is because at the end they said they would never do this to a man like Sean Mendez. First of all, why is Sean Mendez being shot directly in the leg? Like I'm gonna slam my face into a mirror. I if I hear one more quote from her or about her, about like a man wouldn't it's like we did it at this point. We know. I mean, we've been having the same conversation about her for a decade. Oh my god. And I'm really just confused as why now? Why now talk about the Gaylor stuff when it's been going on since 2013? Right. I do. I really, really, really love the beginning of that quote where she says, like, to maintain the stranglehold that she has, she has to basically continue this narrative. And, like, you have brought that up a million times that, like, yeah, if she says it's all like a house of cards, you know? Right. Even if, say, like, Jake Gyllenhaal eventually comes out, even as bi, Mm -hmm. that's all Taylor's cards are starting to fall, that she's going to have to, like, pivot on the other side. And there's a part of me that wonders if they're going so hard against Gaylor because of all, and maybe it's just not true. I can also say that. I'm not that delusional. (laughs) But, like, John Mayer and Andy Cohen are getting awfully close. And John Mayer's such a big part of her story. You're right. Even if it was like Harry Styles that was like, listen, I'm gay. I don't even like women. Then what the hell would 1989 mean? Mm -hmm. A newly re-released album that is the number one album in the country that everybody's going crazy for. Like, It really is a slippery slope. And I believe, we've said this a million times, I believe when it comes to her and even I would throw Beyonce in this as well, Like, there's a narrative that they want the public to believe And if you truly think that you're getting actual diary entries from this woman that tell her secrets, then enjoy La La Land. Enjoy it. Like, enjoy that delusional world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because, like, really? Like, you really think that she's waking up in the middle of the night and, like, writing down diary entries about real relationships like you think you expect me to believe that she wrote a bunch of songs about Joe Alwyn. I don't. I just don't. But I do think that it's like she has a, a responsibility now to continue this narrative and this story that's been being told for however many years. Do I believe that Beyonce told us all of her and Jay-Z's truly intimate dark secrets? No. I think a lot of it was made up because she's smart and she's a storyteller and a writer. 
Okay. And people love to bring up anything Taylor Swift does. They want to bring up Beyonce and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So with this, a lot of people are like, well, Beyonce is a gay icon. How come people don't label her as queer or say she has queerness? I'm like, because she's not dropping all these little hints and songs that a queer person hears. And they're like, oh, wow. Right. You expect me to believe that you're talking about a boy with lips of maroon? <laughs> stop, stop singing gay shit and I won't think it's gay. For sure. There's absolutely no comparison there. Beyonce is not. I mean, yeah, there's a, the people that listen to this show, I feel like are pretty smart and like they get what we're trying to say. It's hard to explain it, but it's like, it's not the same. No, in the whole article, a lot of people were saying, you know, you can't openly say Taylor's queer. But throughout the article, it's mostly like about the breadcrumbs that she's dropped about or hairpins. They kept calling it hairpins and how, you know, in reputation, she had a whole segment dedicated to a lesbian costume designer. Right. <laughs> she was supposed she's performed at Stonewall. She was supposed to perform at NYC Pride in a rainbow dress. Hello and lover. Hello. Lover's gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so, it's not, I, I guess the thing that is like, people, I don't, I don't think people are questioning this out of, um, like, it's not coming from a bad place. Mm -hmm. it's, it's logical, sensible people putting together the clues that she herself puts out. And the one thing that you and I always say is like, she's on the internet as fuck like she she i would say even more like than beyonce beyonce is not like an internet girl in my mind taylor is like taylor is scrolling through tiktok she was heavily on tumblr she knows how much her fan base dedicates like their love for her to that tumblr era like she knows she's not an idiot and just to like end this segment, I need to remind people, you can disagree with opinions. That's what the article was. It was an opinion-based article. You can do that and not threaten to kill someone. Death threats like just aren't necessary. And I am sure there's shit that Troy says that listeners disagree with, that I say people disagree with. It's just like you can disagree with things and just move on. Yeah, you don't have to align. <laughs> it's, it's really... And half the time, the person that you're mad at doesn't care. Right. That's very true. I mean, they truly are not thinking about you. <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by Quince. Who doesn't love good things in life? Even though I enjoy a little luxury, it doesn't mean that I can always afford it. Until I discovered Quince, Quince is my go-to for luxury essentials and affordable prices. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes that I love. You guys know how much I love Quince home things. I love the art that they sell. I love that you can make your own gallery wall with the art that they have on their website by just purchasing a bunch of their pictures that are really cool. I love the blankets. The weighted blanket has changed my life. We are in a partnership. I'm going to marry the weighted blanket. <laughs> 
I see a long, long, long history for us. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash blinds for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash blinds to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash blinds. This episode is also sponsored by Thrive Market. So for me, I've been wanting to eat takeout much less. So Thrive Market is helping me do that. It's helping me stick to a healthier me. And I'm just excited about it. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my groceries and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. For me, I can't eat dairy, so using that filter is so helpful. As a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals package that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. Again, I love that it's really quick. You can order it there on your doorstep living in New York City. To go grocery shopping, you have to carry a lot of bags. So it's really nice to just have it delivered to my door. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash blinds for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash blinds. Thrivemarket.com slash blinds. I also just really quickly wanted to add that there's a new season of Drag Race that just premiered. Um, there's only been one episode so far. As of right now, it's like it's Tuesday. And I'm going to be co-hosting um, the Sissy That Pod podcast this season for Drag Race, which I'm really excited. And we just recorded the first episode. It was super fun. And yeah, if you care about Drag Race, go listen to Sissy That Pod. It's very good. Kian is a great host. And I'm excited. I'm excited for a Drag Race season. That's so exciting. Everyone make sure to subscribe and listen to to Troy over there. I need to talk about stupid Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sure everyone listening is familiar. But if you're not, Aaron Rodgers didn't use the term allegedly. And because of that, Aaron Rodgers is in big trouble. Mm -hmm. So the importance of allegedly, we tried to tell Dumois and didn't listen. (laughs) So Aaron Rodgers basically said the Epstein list is coming out and Jimmy Kimmel should be worried. To sum up, that's not the exact quote, but he summed it up. That's what he said. And Jimmy Kimmel was very like, what? Are you saying I'm a pedophile? And he kept saying that. He's like, you're implying I'm a pedophile. And then Pat McAfee was like, no, you know, Aaron's just giving Jimmy a hard time. Like, you know, we don't think Jimmy Kimmel's anything. And, you know, he really tried to backtrack. So last night, Jimmy Kimmel came back and he opened his monologue talking about Aaron, which is hysterical. If anyone has seven minutes to spare, highly suggest you listen. But he basically calls like Aaron dumb. 
And he's like, he must be mad because I made fun of his top knot and his insane conspiracy theories. That's what Jimmy like summed it up to. Well, Aaron decided to respond. And also Jimmy said like he would he would accept an apology and move on. But you can't just call someone a pedophile and leave it at that. Fair. He said that he, the I don't know why this like stuck with me. I thought it was so funny that he said, you can tell that this is a man who uses crystals for his spirituality because of his hair. Yeah. He also said the only A's Aaron ever got in school were the two in his name, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel have basically been fighting since the COVID vaccine where Aaron was refusing to take it and it became a whole thing. Yeah. So this is what Aaron Rodgers said. He came out with a video. He said, I was referring to the fact that if there's a list and there's a name on it, that it'd be the second time a soft brain, junior college wacko, whatever other things have been said by him and other people in the media would be right twice. I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with zero evidence. Roger then said he believed the media is trying its best to cancel him due to his polarizing beliefs, saying he thinks Jimmy's joke writers are doing the talk show's host bidding for him in that regard. I think it's impressive that a man who went to Arizona State and has joke writers can read off a prompter. I wish him the best. I don't give a shit what he says about me. I'm not accusing him of being on the list. What is, what's his beef with Arizona State? <laughs> I think he's trying to, like, because um, Jimmy made fun of where he went to college, I think Aaron was trying to, like, fight oh, back. Jesus Christ. I hate straight men. <laughs> I'm so... This was wild, though. I will say, I don't think I've ever seen, like, in late night, somebody address a celebrity like that. Like, a seven-minute monologue. That was, like, intense. It was intense, but if there's anyone who's going to do it, it's Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, for sure. I actually like Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know if that's, like, a popular take, but out of all the late-night hosts, he's the one that, like, I'll try and find clips of his show. Um... We should do a late... Have we talked about doing a late night host episode? I know we've done Jimmy Fallon, but that's it. Oh, I want to do like Leno and Letterman and... Oh, that'd be so fun. I would love that. And Jimmy, that'd be really cool. That would be a lot of fun. But yeah, like Aaron Rodgers. The thing that I hate is people who have the take like, I don't want to take the vaccine or the world is flat. They think they're like badass because of that. Yeah. And they really ride hard for it. It's like, no, the earth is a dome. It's not a circle. It's like, I don't fucking care. He's like, I can tell that him and his team of writers are trying to do what they can and cancel me. It's like, okay. Or you just sound like a fucking dumb idiot and everybody agrees that you sound like a dumb idiot. Maybe it's not like a big, huge thing. <laughs> maybe it's not a conspiracy against you. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you're just a fucking idiot. And that's like quite simple. Five. <laughs> <laughs> um i wanted to just really quickly touch on i don't think that there's like a ton of information out about it yet but um on the we didn't talk about this last week but on the third ti and tiny were accused of another sexual assault that took place in 2005 um this is the new york times article 
written about it. It says the Atlanta rapper T.I. born Chris Harris was sued on Tuesday along with his wife Tamika Harris known as Tiny by a woman who accused the couple of drugging and raping her after she met them at a Los Angeles nightclub in 2005. And the lawsuit filed in Los Angeles also trigger warning because I don't know how detailed this is going to be. And the lawsuit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court under California's Sexual Abuse and Cover Up Accountability Act which extended the statute of limitations for sexual abuse claims. The woman is identified as Jane Doe, a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, who was 22 or 23 years old at the time. She previously gave her account of the alleged assault and its aftermath in an interview with the New York Times in 2021, when she spoke on the condition of an anonymity to protect her family. In her lawsuit, the woman accuses Harris and Harris, 48, of sexual battery, battery, sexual assault, negligence, false imprisonment, and intentional infliction of emotional distress and is seeking damages. Um, It says in a statement provided by a lawyer for the couple, they, of course, deny the accusations. It says, quote, the plaintiff has been threatening to file this lawsuit for years. It's a shakedown, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know how T.I. and Tiny are like, still just wandering around Atlanta, but their time is clearly coming. I don't know. I feel like every three years, maybe four years, there's a ton of shit that comes out about this couple. Then every, then they just keep saying, no, they're just using us for money and nobody questions it. And then four years later, something else crazy comes out. So yeah, it's like, oh, it's a shakedown. And then nobody talks about it. Like, like they need it's enough i mean it, there's enough common knowledge now at this point about what they do together and what they do to women together that it's just like what the fuck and like tiny is so i don't know if i've ever encountered a more pathetic woman in my life the way that she degrades herself and lessens herself and botches her face and botches her body to appease this man when she is not only his elder but like was in the music industry and was successful years before he even was fucking born. It's like, are you really that down bad for T.I.? After 20-something years, you've turned yourself into a fucking Chia pet and, like, done all this crazy shit, these allegations. Like, you know all of this is for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, I wonder if they'll have, like, a Diddy type of moment coming up. Because, again, I don't know how all of these things can come out and people just being like, oh, that's just T.I. and Tiny. Mm-hmm. Another shakedown. Speaking of terrible people, I want to talk about Shia LaBeouf just real quick. Okay. So he, it's come out that he has turned to Catholicism because everybody knows that's, that's what you do when you um, are going to trial. He's taking the Marky Mark route, I guess. But uh-huh. he now wants to become a deacon because he's such a changed man. But just a reminder, his trial against FKA Twigs is October 14th, 2024. So this is about the time that you would start really trying to change your image. And he's done that a few times, right? He went on um, John Berthnell, I think his last name is. He went on his podcast to talk about how he's a changed man. But Shia LaBeouf just has media training. He's not some changed person. He's media training and he's trying to go to like religion because people who find religion are all of a sudden like forgiven for all their past sins. 
I'm like a little bit surprised that he's doing the religious thing. I it's like I would almost rather him do more art, weird art installations, just so that we have something to talk about. Um, the religion thing is so boring, and like, who really believes that? I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe people do. I was gonna say, I think after all of this, actually, a lot of people don't know. I don't think they know about Shia LaBeouf. But if there was going to be a group of people who would support him, it would be people who believe, you know, when you convert or dedicate your life to Catholicism, all of your past sins are erased. That's so true. And I guess like not a lot of people like FK Twigs is not like a household name. You know, really like she is if you know her, but like, I don't know. I don't think that she's unfortunately a big enough presence for everybody to like really follow this story, which is sad. It's so sad. And it's been pushed back. And um, I think the fact that Shia got married to like Mia Goth after everything, and that's not to shit on Mia Goth. I'm really not trying to do that. But I think because that happened, everyone thinks like if she forgave him, everyone should be able to forgive him. No, that scares me. I'm like, what the, I always think about like, what the hell is he doing to Mia Goth? And also like, I mean, because he seems like a really insecure person. And, like, I wonder if her success, like, bothers him. Mm. Which I would... I'm sure it does. You better not fuck with Mia Goth. That's all I'll say. I know. I know. I hope that, like, she's okay out of all of this. Yeah, for sure. Should we talk about the list? (laughs) Hi, Jeff Epstein. Jeffrey. I know that there's supposed to be like another part of the list coming out. Shout out to everyone who did the 900 pages of reading. So we didn't have to. I don't think there was any, the only, actually, let me take that back. The most surprising thing for me was Stephen Hawking. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people, I think, felt the same way. I was not aware of him and like the trysts and all of that. So that was like the most shocking to me. And also that allegedly, I guess this isn't alleged, it's in a court document, that Jeffrey Epstein used to just, like, pretend to call famous people. Mm -hmm. And I need to know, like, truly how Jeffrey Epstein got where he was. It's so crazy, especially when you see pictures of him or, like, videos or whatever from, like, the 80s. Like, he's always been connected. But it's not like it happened recently or, like, in even the past decade. Like, he... Like, the videos of him and Donald Trump in, like, 1990 buddying up at fashion shows and shit. I'm like, God, this is so crazy. Um, Yeah, I wasn't really... You know that I've obsessively followed Jeffrey Epstein for a long time. (laughs) Um, So, I've seen the alleged list for so long. And the alleged list is pretty damn similar to the list that came out, I would say the only difference was that there were like the alleged list had a bunch of like, like I don't people like Gwen Stefani and like just random celebrities. The real list has way more like insider people that we don't know. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess that makes sense that the fake list would have been a bunch of people that the public would actually know and not like, you know, his handler, his assistant, his second assistant, his third assistant, like who, how would we know that? You know? Um, but I was really shocked by the list. I mean, no, I mean, Prince Andrew's on it. Someone, I think, Secretary of Defense, someone who worked in that, had that title, was on it. 
Bill Clinton, we knew that. Donald Trump, we knew that. Like I said, Stephen Hawking was the only one that I was like, what the fuck? Cameron Diaz is on it. Is is she on it flight log to the island? I think so, yeah. I, I think I just read it on, what website was that? On the Diaz was probably like smuggling drugs and didn't know it, okay? <laughs> well, I would also imagine a lot of people were like invited there without really knowing what the true tea was, you know? And it seemed like what I got from the TikToks that I listened to, because I did not read those documents, that a lot of them used his plane, but not to the island. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but I've heard like Taylor Swift will loan her private jet to people or I know like the Patriots have loaned their private jet. So I don't think it's that weird for rich people. Yeah, I think that that's like a fairly common thing. Like you can use my plane to go to Istanbul or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So some of the names like maybe the Cameron Diaz was on the plane, but not to the island. Mm-hmm. It was surprising how many I mean, I guess it shouldn't be surprising. But it was, like, really crazy how many women there were on the list that were, like, helping orchestrate all of this. Nobody hates women more than women. Yeah. Seriously. I was like, oh. Not, like, 30 women helping traffic young girls. Naomi Campbell. Hello. (laughs) Out of the pod. Oh, God. Naomi Campbell is so treacherous. She's so scary. I know. (laughs) she's like stroking a blood diamond as you say that i know we're like and that's all we have to say about her (laughs) um so before we we end the episode we do have to of course talk about the fact that britney spears made some headlines which she doesn't tend to do it was a very rare occasion um where she a talked about being a ghostwriter for other artists which we have talked about a lot um she's a great ghostwriter and it sucks that she was surrounded by so many greedy, like money hungry people because there are so many songs that she wrote or co-wrote that she would willingly give credit to other people for because they would basically demand it. And that sucks. Like I, I bet she would be making so much more money from just the writer credit of her songs if she had like planted her feet and been like, no, I wrote half this song or whatever, you know? Um so yeah, I, I love Ghostwriter Britney. I always have. And she also announced that she is not going to ever return to the music industry. And this was another thing that I was like, I'll be honest, not surprised by. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, to be honest with you, I'm more surprised by how many people romanticize this idea that she'll like return to music and be 2001 Britney again. Like, it's actually insane to me. Even people that I respect that I think have, like, great opinions on her and, like, people that I follow, like, blogs and stuff that I follow that are, like, always reporting, you know, that she was in New York and it must be because she was in a recording studio and she's recording with Charlie XCX and Charlie XCX is producing. It's like, where are you getting this from? Right. She, first of all, hasn't even been free that long. You think the first major event she wants to do in her life is return to the music industry? Come on. Like, where is your mind? Like, I, to me, that's, like, way more shocking than her being like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I never thought she was going to go back to the music. And just going back to the um, ghostwriting, 
People don't respect Britney as an artist. I will say, I don't think people think she's like talented. Um, and it's a shame that she didn't get credit for her songs because that would have been it, right? Like that would have silenced all of the people who said she wasn't talented, she couldn't sing, blah, blah, blah. Like that alone would silence everything. Maybe not everything, but you know what I mean. Oh, I 100% agree. And I think, you know, it's it sucks that she was like the generation before it was like cool to be a songwriter. Because now it's the opposite, where it's like, even if you don't write your songs, your team is going to push out to the public that you do because it makes people think that you're more of an artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I really think that had she hit like 10 years later, she would have been, they would have put a real big emphasis on her writing her music and not like, because back then, like nobody really cared about that, you know? No, like Michelle Branch was the only one allowed to say she wrote her own music in pink. Michelle Branch in pink. That's it. Yeah. And Avril, and like, no offense to any of the Avril heads, but hers is very alleged. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, obviously it makes me sad to know that she's been so burned by this industry that she's going to return to it. But I'm like, I think it'd be more crazy if she did. For sure. And either way, she's going to be called crazy. 1000%. So. I think the only music things that we'll get from Britney forever now are going to look like her collaboration with Elton John. Okay. Just easy money. You know, the, the song charted, it did well. Like she made a bunch of money. I don't see her performing at the American Music Awards or anything anytime soon. So sad, but also probably really good for her. Yeah. Oh, God. Now with that, that is, that's all we got, guys. That's all we have this week. I hope, <laughs> I hope it's okay. <laughs> This week was wild. Every week since we started doing the pop culture kikis, I've been insane. Other than maybe like twice. Yeah. There's always some wild. It's always some crazy thing that is like so intensely like our show. And it drops on like Tuesday night right after we hit like end recording. (laughs) (laughs) But this is fun though. This is a great, great little kiki. And um, everyone, please remember to leave reviews, subscribe, do all those fun things. And we just appreciate you so much. We love you very, very much. And hopefully some more crazy shit happens this week. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.